and welcome to Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast, episode 57. I am Robert Wright Stasco. I am Michael M. Patty. And in today's episode, we are going to be looking at the Netflix movie Come Sunday, starring... Shaiwatel Ijayafor, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. I think that's right, but I'm not 100% sure. My man from the West Wing, Martin Sheen. My man from The Muppets, Jason Siegel. My man from Get Out, Lakeith Stanfield, I think is his name. Yes. He was, you know what, that guy is, he's having a moment. He's in this, he's in Sorry to Bother You, he was in Get Out. He's got a thing going right he's now. A, he's Good a rising him. star. He yeah. is. Yeah, that's that's yeah. who's in this, and it's a Netflix original, and we're going to talk about it. I'm yeah. sorry, that kind of went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in TV Corner, we're going to be talking about the television show Lucifer, uh, which recently was on... It, was, it, is, it, it had been on Fox and got yes. canceled, and then, uh, in, because this is the day and age of reboots, uh, there was immediately hashtag save Lucifer. Yes. And sure enough, after week or two it was picked up by netflix yeah so, so this is sort of the netflix episode even though technically lucifer is not on netflix yet yeah <laughs> yeah but we watched it on hulu so yes and i saw that it was picked up a day before the actor's contracts were going to expire and there would be released to do other things. I so. feel I feel like that was not a coincidence. No, no, no. <laughs> no. They were like, "Well, we have to make a decision one way or another soon." Well, well good for them. I'm we'll we'll talk about it. I'm we, sure we they're all there. thanking God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Oh boy. Bad puns. Just wait, folks. There's more to come. Oh yeah. All right. So, <laughs> uh let's talk about Come Sunday. So this Come, come Sunday. It'll be all right. Come <laughs> Sunday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in the brown L.A. haze, and I just want you back by my side. You've been working on that, haven't you? <laughs> it was just... It, it was... It kept popping up in my head. Just every time, every time I thought of the title of the movie, it, there it was. They played that a lot uh, over the, the CVS loudspeaker i don't know if you remember oh no yeah that was that, that was one. that was one of the ones that uh got a lot of playtime. yeah uh, key largo oh yes was, was on yeah, a lot I remember that one yeah yeah mike and i used to work at the same cvs store that's uh where we met and developed our friendship and our love for movies and why we're still here today so yeah thank you cvs pharmacy so i uh, anyways they are not sponsoring us so no. we won't talk about is, them anymore and neither is jimmy buffett thanks thanks for not <laughs> suing us jimmy <laughs> and uh, neither is netflix but we're going to continue to talk about their shows yeah. so this movie come sunday is about carlton pearson the bishop carlton pearson he was part of the higher dimensions uh, family church which is one of the largest churches in tulsa oklahoma until he had a change of doctrine, which went against the church and his denomination, and um, basically he started believing things that were different from all the people around him. So was he going to cave in and uh, recant, or was he going to stick with his beliefs? So that's basically the plot of this movie. It w- was it too deep. It was No, it really wasn't. 
I, I, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the movie? Do you want to talk about the plot? Do you want to talk about real life? Yeah, let's let's talk about real life. Okay. So uh, I did no research about the the real the I, real life. Well, it, I didn't delve any deeper than the Wikipedia article about him, and it seemed to jive with what was in the movie. Okay. So so good. It wasn't. You know, I did see yeah. the thing at the end of the. I sat through the credits. I, I it did say that some characters were composites and some timelines were shifted a little bit. Oh yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, mean you'll have that. It was compressed. Any, yeah. You'll have that in any dramatization. Yeah, it, I think the story starts like around 1994 and ends. 98. That's what the movie. Oh, said. that's what the movie said. Okay. Yeah, it actually starts about 94 and ends more around 2006, and really resolves like 2009, 2010. <laughs> okay. See, so, I didn't get. I didn't get a sense that that much time had passed. Yeah, well, it says in November 2006 he was accepted as a United Church of Christ minister. So, um, well, yeah, they had that was in the the yeah the follow up text at, yeah. at the end. So it's, yeah, they they definitely compressed. It. They made it seem more like it happened like in the space of like two two or years. three years yeah. was what I was thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, he he was a, a preacher and a, a conservative. He comes from the conservative school. They show uh, Oral Roberts as his mentor and father figure. So yeah, look look up Oral Roberts, kids. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. God loves you if you're rich. Yeah, that's that's how you know God loves you. <laughs> yes, it's prosperity gospel. Those that, sort of things. That was th- yeah. thank you. And Bishop Pearson here was watching TV and saw the the horrible genocide that was going on in Rwanda at the time. And while, while watching this, he's thinking, wow, are all these people going to go to hell because we haven't gone over and gave them the gospel? That's what we teach, especially in a denomination like mine, which is heavily evangelical. Uh, you know so, what? I, I didn't write this down, but I was thinking as I watched the movie, and I, I almost forgot. I want to know, and maybe you can work it in with what you were about to say, I want to know how you feel about this and this movie as someone who has gone on missions. Okay. All right. Let, yeah, I'll, I'll get there. That's, okay, good. So uh, so he's he's trying to reconcile this, and he has a moment where he, he hears the voice of God say, oh, what are you going to do about this? You know, you really think I'm going to send all these people to hell? He's like, well, uh, then I need to get on the the biggest thing smoking and go over there and save them all. But I can't do that, Lord. I, I'm just one man. I can't save them all. He's like, he said, I heard God say to me, you're right. You can't save them all, but I can. So this leads him to a belief in what's called universal reconciliation, which means God's going to save everybody no matter what. So this is problematic, especially for the evangelical who believes, well, if... Let's put problematic in air quotes for right yeah. now. Well, for, for the, for the uh, like a person like me who is, given the political situation in America, I, I, I'm hesitant to call myself an evangelical. Someone who is... A fundamentalist? I, I, no, I'm not a fundamentalist no, either. Not, no, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> but... Uh, maybe well, maybe I'm not predicting where you're. Yeah, 
someone someone who who places importance on preaching the gospel. Let's put it that way. Okay. I, in terms of like the world is lost, people need to hear the good news of the gospel in order to uh, be saved. Okay, so if you're selling simply what we call in the trade fire insurance, <laughs> so you go to heaven rather than hell, this is problematic because then what are you doing? If God's going to save everybody anyways, and w- they did an interesting thing in the movie where he pointed out uh, different scriptures and said, I, I came to save the whole world, especially those who believe. And it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> it was interesting. They talk about Romans 10.9. But they don't say it because yeah, that that's, that's right. sort of the the whole in his argument is like if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But that doesn't exclude what he was saying. No, it doesn't exclude it. But yeah. it's like but if you read it in sort of the fundamentalist way, these are the things you need to do. If you don't do these then yeah, that yeah, I have that right here. I so. I feel like a bunch of lawyers came up with Catholic doctrine sometimes just that's <laughs> I, I and maybe yeah. maybe because I'm not a strict church goer I was having a hard time finding fault with what he was saying other than it would reduce the need for ministries yeah and it's problematic because you know Jesus says specifically that there's going to be a separation between the sheep and the goats. Not everyone who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, will be accepted into heaven. Uh, you have verses like, uh, you know, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It goes on in 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So the, if you, you have to take all this together. But there are verses that say God saves everyone. And I guess he was, I, he was talking to about uh, verses in James versus yeah. Timothy, and that's true. I guess maybe I was never taught in Sunday school that the starving kids in Africa were going straight to eternal damnation because they weren't raised Christian. I want to say I was told they were going to purgatory. It's a little fuzzy. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was twenty some years ago. Um, yeah, we have we have a, a limited understanding, I think, of the the true nature of God's mercy and how things work. Yes, but the people in this movie didn't. Yeah, <laughs> they were very clear on what they believed. Yes, and that's and that's what happens when he starts saying that. You know, I can't believe that our loving, merciful God is this heartless, that he's like Hitler, <laughs> that he's worse than Hitler, yeah. that he's... Yes, the phrase worse, worse than, than Hitler was uttered in this movie. Yeah, that he's worse, and, and you know, people, like, stand up and walk out of the church, and he loses everything. They're, he's there while they're auctioning off the church. And it, eventually he, he picks himself up. He goes and visits um, the, the guy from Get Out. They don't say it, but they hint no, that he they, was... No, they say it. They, they say he's got low T-cells. That's what yeah, that means. He's, he's, he's dying of AIDS. Yeah. And 
uh, he's like, I, I'm going to hell. I know it. And he's, and this is from someone who he was the organist in the church, so he'd obviously declared, "Yes, I love you, Jesus." Uh, you know, but yeah. he's still worried about his salvation. So that that's a problem with uh, you have you have with some of these more fundamental churches is the idea that you can lose your salvation, even though a lot of them will teach, "No, you can't. Once you say you're on God's side, you're there." But there, because I think it's a lack of proper teaching, and that's why you have these arguments about heresy, and and this is a a, a thing in in church. I mean, this actually happens. So. Yeah, I. What bothered me, and maybe this is we're we're gonna get to the the flaws in the filmmaking here in a second. Yeah, but I'm not sure why there wasn't, you know, a like a confab. Like, hey man, you know this. Let's like a slap on the wrist. Yeah. I, everybody's immediate reaction was, "No, how dare you? Let's all walk out and." Yeah. He was a preacher who was used to, you know, he have an experience like at the beginning of the movie. He had he was talking with a woman on the plane and leading her to Christ, and then it was like the next day he's preaching about that and mm-hmm. how great that was, and every time he has like a personal revelation or something, he just comes out and and preaches it. But this is like a huge shift in doctrine, and he kind of blindsided everybody with it, and that. And he's like, well, let's talk about this. And they're like, no, we're walking out. We're going to start our own church. You and know? I don't know what happened in, in real life. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume the bigger stuff, like yeah. having to sell off the stuff in the church and having to lay everybody off, yeah. I assume those things happened or representations of the... Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I, I think what was the... the, the Hollywood, in air quotes, the theatrical part yeah. was when he was on trial. Yeah, like I think it was probably mostly like a guy, guys. Oh, in Courtney B. Suit. Vance. That yeah. was that was the other one. Courtney B. Vance was the other guy. He was the he was the bishop who put him on trial. Yeah, yeah. So th- they're all there in their vestments and their bishop hats and stuff. Yeah. I don't think they actually did that. Mm-hmm. They they wanted to make it look like the Diet of Worms. This was the the trial that. Martin Luther, when he was put on trial by the Catholic Church, <laughs> they were drawing a, a distinct parallel there. And I don't know if believing in universal reconciliation is, you know, like starting the Reformation movement, but <laughs> <laughs> they ended up kicking him out. And look where that got him. Yeah. And so, so Act Three is basically him realizing that he still is worthy of preaching somewhere so he just finds another church yeah which you know isn't as dramatic as like martin luther where there was no other church he had to start his own church yeah (laughs) or this man he's like uh, you know and they even show that like oh we're over here we already believe this you could come and preach with us over here and why does he you know and that was like the universalist church but yeah and then the the title card at the end says and he's still doing guest spots guest preaching to this day yeah. So uh, should we should we move on to the the filmmaking now? Yes. Yeah. While I was watching this, I I didn't really enjoy the f- the film. I felt like it could have been half as long as it was. I felt like scenes were you'd have a scene and then they do the same thing over again like somebody else would tell him they didn't like what he was saying or he'd have another scene where 
he was upset with his wife for something. Yeah. I, I felt yeah. like it I felt like it could have been half as long and maybe even more interesting as an actual documentary. You know, one or the yeah, other. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah, um, I think an actual I think you're right. Maybe an hour long special. I mean, it was based on a radio show which a, 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 a radio. Yeah, a podcast. Uh, yeah, this no, this American Life is a radio show, isn't it? It's yeah, on it NPR. Is, yeah, and, and well, I'm just so used to everything being podcast these yeah, days. Yeah, that's all we listen to. <laughs> I don't, I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, listen that's, to podcasts, people, not the radio. <laughs> that's why. That's why I have a phone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Not paying all this money every month to listen to the radio in my car. So, so someone listened to the radio show saw. Oh, this would be a great movie because it. I mean, in the credits it says based on this. Yeah, based. Yeah, Ira Glass is a producer. Yeah, so, so yeah, it. I think it would have made like, like a a PBS one hour documentary, like yeah, you know, a PBS like a like nightline a, a, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I kept thinking while I was watching it that uh, all of these uh, John Lovitz as the critic quotes. A, <laughs> there's a deep cut. This movie was successful in that it got me to pray for it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) You know, stuff like that. Um, I just, I will say this. Shiotel Ajayafor was incredible as he's convincing as a preacher. His accent is flawless. I'm not, you know. His singing. His singing was really good. I have no idea how hard it is to sing in a fake accent. But what I've seen him in uh, has been Serenity a handful of mm-hmm. times over the years. And then Love Actually every Christmas for about the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Love Actually. Give him props for being from that. Yeah. Uh, I, and I know he's British. I know how he really talks. But he was utterly convinced. I'm not entirely sure what a, a Tulsa accent would sound like but i never for a second thought of uh how he sounds in real life and it it just it made me want to go see 12 years a slave yeah because if he's that good in this i'm sure he's phenomenal did did he win an oscar for that you you know what that out (laughs) sidetracked i'm sorry (laughs) yeah because he i don't think he won yeah, everyone was was good in this movie. I mean, Danny Glover popped up at the beginning. Yeah. Um. Spoiler like, alert: Danny Glover is not in very much of the movie. Yeah, he, he's kind of the MacGuffin. He kind of sets him on the the journey uh, that uh, this crisis of faith. One of one of the contributing factors. So. Oh, and Doctor Strange. I forgot he was in Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, that's right. He was um, Morbo, right? Yeah. Not Mordo. Morbo. Mordo. Mordo. Morbo is, uh, yeah, he was. An, <laughs> He's an, an, yeah. a character in Futurama. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he was nominated for best performance by an actor in a leading role for Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, nominated for Golden Globes for Twelve Years a Slave. Something called Dancing on the Edge. Uh, so he has something called Endgame. Something called Kinky Boots. I don't believe he has won any of these. No. Yeah. Primetime Emmy nominee, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Miniseries or Movie, Dancing on the Edge, which I guess was on Stars. Uh, he won so the... So Kiki Boots, it, I think, is a musical, so maybe he's yeah. done stage work, too. No, it was the movie. Oh, okay. He was nominated for the movie of Kinky Boots. 
so fine acting. We can agree yes. on, on, on the fine filmmaking acting. part. So good acting. Yeah. Some of this Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen was good. He he doesn't have a huge part, but he's he's in there. Yeah. Throughout and just as a a counselor and a mentor figure that kind of turns his back on. If if you're familiar with Oral Roberts, it's completely in character. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, but he's it's good to see him in in yeah. stuff yeah it, and and those two characters kind of reconcile kind of at the end of the a movie a little bit yeah. yeah so uh so there there's some there's a little bit of closure there and then the movie just sort of ends with him yeah that was another thing there's no there's no climax yeah. to the movie he he's he's like i'm not going to lose my church and then he has to fire people and then he loses the church and then eventually he starts preaching again yeah. that's it there's no he has he has like a part where he's like down and out working a nine to five job, and his wife is you know helps helps him you know get his mojo back, I guess you know so I he guess. can I go guest preach somewhere and he yeah I starts his <sighs> preaching career back so yeah that's all there's no there's no triumph if you will it's just moving yeah. on it's not starting over it's just moving on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, like the way I look at like universal reconciliation and the need to preach the gospel is, you know, maybe people who don't have the choice, who are never presented with Jesus Christ, like people from the Old Testament, like Moses and David. And what about them? No one's ever said, uh, you know, have you ever thought about Jesus Christ? You know? <laughs> yeah, I. I so how do you reconcile that? How does that happen? You know, I have to... Let's start our own brand of philosophy right here on Checking the Gate. That's what you all <laughs> listen to this for, right? <laughs> Who's to say that upon getting at the to the pearly gates, Saint Peter or whoever's on for him that day depends on you know. I'm sure he doesn't. You know, <laughs> they they have shifts. I I don't know. That's kind of the you, point you of might, this. You might get Philip or Bartholomew. That's kind of the point of this. I don't know, and neither do they. Right. Who's to say you don't get there and, you know, hey, guys, guess what? It was Jesus all along. Sorry. So here are your choices. Ah! Or in there. I'll take in there, please. Come on in. Yeah. I was always taught it was the wicked, active sinners. Yeah. Who were sent to hell. Yeah. So I guess what Bishop Pearson was saying wasn't all that shocking to me. Yeah. And I have no idea why it was all that shocking to everyone else. Maybe it was because, well, I was in Sunday school back in the late 90s. Well, no, well, no I guess it was the early 90s. But so, yeah, so it was earlier. Maybe it was different when I was a kid. I... I, and because they were adults then, I don't know. I, I don't know. And the truth is, neither do they. But they sure acted like they did, and all those people lost their jobs, and this guy lost his church because of those stubborn people. <laughs> I'm trying to look up something in Romans here. I, I guess I'm thinking about Romans 10:14, or um, this is like an argument against universal reconciliation, where it says... Um, you know, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's 13. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? 
it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So to answer your question, like, what does this mean to me as a person who's been on mission trips, who um, is active in my church? I mean, we're going to have our VBS where a big component is presenting the gospel to young people. You know, what does a movie like this mean to me? And, you know, if if there's universal reconciliation, like, if that's the way, you know, Christ died on the cross to save everybody, uh, done and dusted work is done, then what do we do? What are we here for? Okay? But then we read verses like this where it's like, well, how are people going to know how if they're not told about this good news? How are they going to know if someone doesn't preach? Well, if someone... It's not preaching. How are they going to go? Well, we need to send people to go preach. And, you know, that's why we send people out versus like here in Romans. So at at, at the same time, you know, if, if that's all there is to it, if it's just fire insurance, then what about all these verses where, you know, it says God saved the whole world? You know, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. You know, there's lots of verses all throughout. So what you're telling me is there's stuff in the Bible that contradicts other stuff in the Bible. Yeah. And and th- this is the argument, you know, you find this with, uh, like, the predestination versus free will. There's verses that say both. So if we're going to if we're oh. gonna philosophize here, I, I go always with, I side with Forrest Gump. Okay. Please okay. explain. A- at the end of Forrest Gump, you know, he says, you know, people say if, if things are all set in stone or if we're just sort of blowing around in the in the wind like a feather, I think it's both at the same time. Okay. So that's what I've come to think, that, you know, we have free will, but God has predetermined these things. Our choices, it, it, it works in a sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey way, you know? Indeed. Because we, we, God works on a level that's far above what we know and think, right? So the whole point is, don't worry about religion. <laughs> no, that's not the point. <laughs> My point is, because you know, uh, in in John, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Like, when I leave, I'll leave you the Holy Spirit, and he's like, "This is so you will have life and have it more abundantly." So. Yeah, if you're just selling fire insurance and someone comes along and says, well, God saved everybody, wouldn't have to do anything, then you're like, well, I just need to give up. But if you're also interested in things like social justice, uh, if you're interested in things like bettering the lives of the people around you, like bringing them out of, say, addiction or poverty, what you want to do is give them hope. And what better hope is there than Jesus Christ? So that's the good news. That's the gospel. It's not just, oh, I'm going to save you from hell someday when you die. It's like, you know, we can make your life better right now. The Holy Spirit can come into your life, give you the strength to, to conquer those things that you can't conquer, to overcome those things that may seem out of your control because God is bigger than all of those things. So that's how I approach it. It's not just one or the other. It's both at the same time. Well put. <laughs> all, all jokes aside, well put. Yes, thank you, Forrest Gump. You just made my life you know what? so much better. It's been, it's been almost 25 years, and that's that's the movie that keeps on giving. You yeah. Know, there's, there's a lot. 
maybe not a lot, but there's there's a little bit of depth to that movie. Yeah. So it, it and it, you know, thank you, Robert Zemeckis. I don't know yeah. if you're a Christian or not, but you know, it just goes to show that you know God could work through anybody, whether they know it or not. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, so that so yeah, in terms of filmmaking, yeah, this could have been a better movie, but. Uh, um, and I don't quite agree with the theology, but it, it was an interesting, it's an interesting look at, you know, yeah, you know what? Maybe we don't know everything about God. We still, we still have a lot of learning to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's your final judgment on come Sunday? Uh, better than the God's Not Dead movies we've watched. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, uh, like, my son Christopher is watching it a little bit with me, and he was marking on like the the cinematography and everything it was much more interesting than I the God's <sighs> Not Dead movies. Interesting is a is an interesting way to put it because I was watching it thinking, why are they just showing this random shot of rainwater on the road at one point? Oh, it yeah. wasn't you know it wasn't cinematic or um. You're right. It wasn't it cinematic. Wasn't sy- it wasn't symbolic of anything. Yeah. It was just to make the movie ten seconds longer. <laughs> yes. I didn't, or maybe maybe I just didn't get it. I don't know. That's that's an indie movie sort of thing, you know. I guess. To show your yeah. like random images and yeah, which is not. And they only they only did it the one time that I noticed. Well, I noticed it like when he was traveling to Dallas. Yeah. It was sort of like that, like a like travel he was montage. In, he was in he was in the motel, I think. And there was just, like, a shot of a puddle in the parking lot. Yeah. Well, there was, like, a minute or two of film of him traveling where it's just, like, the highways going by. Yeah. And, uh, a shot of the railing in go out the window and in the the side view yeah. mirror. You know, stuff like yeah. that, which is very sort there, of... Yeah, there were a couple of things like that. Indie film sort of, like... You're right, filler. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be a transition, but you... We, as a viewer, understand. Uh, yes, he's traveling. It okay. was it was a long hundred and five minutes. Get get to where you're going. Yeah, so I gr- I agree with you. It could have been shorter. So, all right, I guess we're ready for TV corner, where we're going to flip the coin and look at the opposite <laughs> side of yeah of life with Lucifer, the nicest, most charming, most helpful, crime solving Lucifer you've ever seen. <laughs> All right, so we didn't watch, like, a ton of this show. I watched, like, the first episode and then, like, the last five of the season three, the most recent episodes. So I watched, I, I, I really tried to get through all of the first season, but I just ran out of time before we were scheduled to record. So I got eight episodes, the season one, episodes one through eight. And I hope that's enough. I and and then I watched the end of the most recent epi- the season finale, here at Robert's house, yeah. Uh, before we started recording, so if if and you it, it didn't look like a lot happened in the intervening fifty episodes that I didn't see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so spoilers, just in case. 
Or we've warned you. So if you haven't it's, it's, watched, if, if you you're haven't a watched hard fan, why are you listening to this? Yeah, that's that's. that's I, I feel like I say that every episode. That's, that's Mike's spoiler warning. <laughs> we both watched the first episode, and I think our reactions were about the same. I didn't hate that. Yeah, I it thought was, I would. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they they had an interesting premise and kind of an interesting mystery in in the first one and it was it was kind of like castle where weird odd couple breakout character guy and police detective lady team up and solve mysteries except there's a supernatural twist and i watched the first one's like okay i i could you know sit through a few more episodes of this that wasn't that bad and then I watched episodes two and three, and yeah, it was just like Castle, which I watched. Yeah. What, however, eight or nine seasons of. Yeah. It it picked up a little bit. Seven and eight, where they were dealing with like, his wings being missing, those were better. I I enjoyed yeah. those more than the like two, three, four, five, and six, where it was. Because. Oh my god, I do not care, no pun intended, I do not care about the devil solving murders. I don't. (laughs) Maybe it's because I watched eight or nine seasons of Castle. Yeah. I do not care. It does seem... I care about, I care about the supernatural stuff. That's, that's the hook. That's the gimmick. That's the differentiator. Yeah. And... Up until that part where they were having to solve a mystery about him missing his wings, that's what I wanted more of, and that's what I thought I was going to get after that first episode. Yeah, yeah. Did so, you did you watch the the television series Constantine? Because we reviewed no. the movie. We did the movie on the podcast. No, I didn't. I uh, I, I watched it. I think I said I, I watch it now. You don't have to. Here's what happens. That sounds familiar because yeah. the the character. From that yeah. uh, defunct NBC yeah. TV show, he he was on Arrow, and now he's going to be on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, he's he he, he was a recurring character. Now he's going to be. Yeah, main I don't know what is so. I I don't know how this guy's agent has like nudie pictures of the people at the CW because I think he's. He was in a cartoon. Well, his his uh, like a cartoon series on CW Seed. Yeah. He was in Justice League Dark as Constantine. Yeah. Well, his his is I think his actual brother in real life is Stephen Amell, who plays the Arrow. No. Yeah. That's what I heard. Sir. All right. Pause the recording. <laughs> I gotta look that up. <laughs> While you're looking that up, I did watch that show, Constantine. I found it on. Uh, Blu-ray at the library, and because I, I I'm a big fan of the WB Arrowverse shows, and figured if Constantine's going to show up, I'm going to want to know what his dealio is, because they kind of mention things that happen on the show. So watching this show, it's not quite a, a, a procedural like he goes around and finds different exorcisms or you know weird happenings going on, and and you know gets to the bottom of the evil that's happening and tries to and there's there's like an overarching thing and he's he's got like an uh, an angel who from heaven who comes down and gives him a hard time every once in a while who was uh played by uh, oh he played the the one guy on lost what was his name who are we talking about uh, i'm done from looking up uh, michael he played michael on lost who is he on lucifer 
Uh, no, on Constantine. Why are we still talking about Constantine? Because uh, I'm making a point there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Well, he, he, he was, uh, he's a, a person of color playing an angel. You know, he messes with the main character. So Constantine had a black angel and so does Lucifer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this this reminded me of, like, like you brought up the castle okay. parallel. So it's like Constantine right, I'm there and, now. and castle, uh, they came together, had a show, and it was the devil. Uh, Lucifer, so, but yeah, you know they they the devil, you know he he comes to Earth, he decides to take a vacation from hell, and he's like, oh, you know what, I I think I'm gonna be a nice guy because I'm actually you know being here on Earth, I actually kind of care about people, and you know that's the lie. <laughs> before, before we move on from Constantine, um, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to take this moment to point out that uh, when we were at Wizard World Cleveland this past year. Uh, we walked past the booth that Matt Ryan, where Matt Ryan was signing, and he looked homeless. Like, he looked legitimately homeless. Like, his hair hadn't been brushed. He came straight from wherever they were putting him up, threw some, uh, a sweatshirt and some, I think, some ratty, dirty jeans on, <laughs> and got to his signing booth. He didn't. He, he did he not may have look. Came all, right off the plane. He if might that was, have. Yeah. yeah. He. I. I. I'm not even. I'm not. I promise. I'm not exaggerating. He looked homeless. So hopefully, now that he's going to be a regular on Legends, he can. You know. <laughs> three hots and a cot. I. I think. I think that's probably like travel blues. You know. You was, know what? You're probably right. He was probably shooting something or working, and then yeah. oh, you have to get to this convention, get on the plane, and. Then the plane's delayed, so he's sitting in the airport for three hours. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> thought of it that way back in March, but you're probably right. Because you know, one thing I learned uh, going on like mission trips, you know, the, your plane's always going to be delayed. Um, things are never going to happen on time, and you're always going to look like crap when you get to where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> and for the so. record, he is completely unrelated to Stephen Amel or Mel. Uh, they're not even from the same country. I thought I thought they were actually like brothers. No, you're thinking of Robbie Amel, who's his cousin. Oh, what was he on? The Flash and the X Files. Oh, okay, yeah. So I got I got I got you're way off. Really wrong. Yes. See, my wife says I'm like I'm like face blind for white people. (laughs) Like, because I could. Uh, like I have a whole shelf over here. Like, well, if you count all my Godzilla movies, like two shelves of movies. I have an English degree. I can't count all your Godzilla that, movies. It's <laughs> too high. The they're too high. I have like two shelves of movies that are all from like Asia. You know, Japan, Hong Kong, China, and I could tell all those actors in part and give you all their names. But when it comes to like <laughs> white people, I get them all confused. <laughs> so. I don't know what that says about me, but like God help you if Jessica Chastain, Bryce Dallas Howard, and uh, um, oh, oh yeah. God, who's the third one? Uh, Amy Adams. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> they all get ever, together. Yeah, ever star in a movie together? <laughs> so I, <laughs> they're triplets. So yeah, I that that is that is a problem I have. <laughs> okay. And and then there was uh the girl who was in uh um, Kevin Saves the World. I kept thinking that oh, she yeah. was Amy Adams, you know. But no. <laughs> I told you, yeah, I'm she does. You know who she is? Um, she is former Indians first baseman Nick Swisher's wife. 
Yes. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. So, anyways, not, yeah, not on the podcast. Oh yeah. wait, maybe I did. Yeah, because we did that show. I think yeah. you did. I forgot already. That was a while ago. <laughs> that was last <laughs> year already. That's how forgettable that show <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I think it got you know quietly canceled and no one missed it. So. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but Lucifer, it it got canceled not so quietly. A Yo, lot of people yeah. missed it and brought it back. Yeah. So. Which surprised me because I, I, it didn't have that great ratings. I mean, it started out good and it kind of it when. It like first, a million and a half for an episode, which is not a lot. Yeah, it's in. It just ended its third season. Yeah, when it first came on, all I remember here, I remember hearing about the concept and thinking, "Oh, that's dumb." And then I heard it was based on a Neil Gaiman comic that I had never read, and well, not gonna. I don't have time to read comics, so I'm not gonna check that out. I have no loyalty toward it or anything, even if it is by one of my favorite authors. Yeah, and that's another thing. I did not, uh, I thought about it, but I decided since our podcast is not about the comics, it's about film and TV. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have time. Uh, I didn't read any Lucifer comics. Um, yeah. But from I what I, it... from what I understand, the show bears no resemblance to the comics whatsoever, ever. Yeah. It's other just... than the character of Lucifer. Yeah, I think it was like introduced in Sandman, which yeah, I haven't read then, those either. So. And then got his own spinoff. Okay. So yeah. so when it when it first came on, it's like, and then and then it got renewed. It's like, oh well, okay, whatever. And then it got renewed again, and <laughs> it's it's still on. But it looks like it did have some like I, you yes, said the the I, the like the paranormal spiritual stuff was the interesting. That part. was more interesting to me. Yeah, because yes. the procedural. I mean. I mean, Castle, I mean, that got boring after a while. Just, you know, they, they have to solve a murder. Everything. And they were, like, yeah. stealing storylines from, like, other shows, like yeah. Bones and stuff. I'm like, did we already see this one before? And it was, like, a brand-new episode that hadn't aired before. I, you know? I, don't, I don't know that it was necessarily stealing so much as rehashing cliché plots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure Lucifer did it share. Um, but the, the interesting part was... Uh, they introduce a character played by Tom Willing of, uh, yep, of Smallville, Smallville fame. which we reviewed a long, long time ago. Oh, yeah, like episode six or seven, <laughs> yeah. I think, was the Superman special. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they've had, they have two new Superman shows on now, and th- we've had three Superman movies. I don't think we had Man of Steel yet, did we? No, not not at that point. They, we were, they were, we were still talking about it. Like uh, I think I think at that show they were they were thinking about okay making Man of Steel. It was like pre-production at that point. That's how long ago. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I'm counting Supergirl and Krypton as the two Supergirl yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that, but uh, where are we going? Um, I, I, it surprised me that the show was popular. Oh, the Lucifer. Yeah, show, yeah, yeah. But it didn't seem that. I mean, if it was that popular for them to cancel it. I don't know. I gu- I guess it's one of those shows. I you know what? Like it a, got a fan they, base. They cl- Fox cleared off a bunch of their shows. They're getting wrestling and football, so they have a lot less space for shows. Okay. Uh, this you think this has to do something with the Disney buyout? No, I don't think it has to do with the Disney buyout at all. Huh? I so, think it has to do with they didn't want to pay for it anymore. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and didn't have room for it anyway. So. Uh. 
I liked his casting. I yeah. thought he was suitably charming and and well cast as oh, uh, Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis, yes, yeah. thank you. As as a cuddly devil, and then when I was looking on IMDb uh, to see if I'd seen anything else, he was uh, Martha Jones's sort of boyfriend in the season three finale, Last of the Time Lords of Doctor Who. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. He is the, I think he was a vet or something. He was some sort of doctor, a pediatrician. He oh, was some yeah. sort of doctor that ended up helping her. I have to go watch it again. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I looked it up. He looks, yeah. he doesn't look 11 years younger, which is kind of weird. Yeah. He does. <laughs> he looks a little younger, yeah. but not as much as he should. Yeah. And uh, you know what? You know, maybe he did make a deal with the devil. You know? That's kind of where I was going. <laughs> Thank you for picking that up. But uh, I, I, I was worried know, it wasn't clear I, enough. I did look uh, on his IMDb. He was in uh, like a mini series of The Passion where he played uh, the Apostle Philip. <laughs> we have a special so, guest on Checking the Gate today. Uh, yes, my my cat is harassing Michael here. I was going to say accosting, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I but, have uh, I have tail face right now. <laughs> But oh yeah, Tom Welling. That's what we were talking about. Oh, we yeah. got on the Superman tangent. But uh, yeah, he plays a love interest for the the lady detective, which makes Lucifer jealous. And but it turns out that he is a uh, Cain from <laughs> the origin story of humanity. That he killed his brother Abel and was had the the mark put on him by God to uh, walk the earth forever. And apparently, that's exactly what happened. But after he fell in love, he lost his mark and became mortal. And don't you hate when that happens? So, you lose your immortality. Yeah. So there was, there was. I think there was a little more of that going on. There was still like the procedural you had to put up with to get to the the interesting story. Like yeah, they, he was. They, I I didn't watch that far, but he was some kind of law enforcement officer. Yeah. In, yeah, he was in like, his mortal life. Yeah. So it w- It looked like it was getting interesting. Trisha Helfer from. Uh, the Battlestar Battle Galactica. Galactica, yeah, she was on the show. Um, so they had some interesting, you know, sci-fi actors on there. So yeah, yeah, you could just get rid of the cat. Sorry, low gray. Yeah, yeah, we got the cats in here. We're talking about Lucifer and all the cats descend on us. You know, it's an omen. <laughs> so, anyways, it looked like 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 Castle. It takes a long time to get where it's going in terms yeah. of the, like the overarching arc. I mean, they, it was like episode twenty four, so I can't imagine. I mean, I enjoyed the episodes I watched. I mean, I picked up right. It was like the fifth to the last episode, and it's like uh, previously on Lucifer, and it, I knew everything I needed to know. Yeah, I wasn't lost. She's still. I, I watched the first eight, and she doesn't believe he's actually the devil. There's he's speaking in metaphors. They're still talking about that in the season three finale where she doesn't believe him. Yeah. But but then she sees him as he really looks. Yeah. So yeah, who the, knows where it's going to go from there. Yeah. Whatever. Because then we watch the next episode and they totally gloss over well, that. Well, that's like, different. That was that was recorded. Yeah, it was. That was filmed to be just part of season four, not the premiere. Yeah, it was like shown out of production order. Yeah. It was weird. That's, so. the, that's the real world explanation for that. Yeah. And so. I uh, before we I I meant to get back to this and we we circled away. Um, unlike Castle, where Stana Kadic was air quotes believable as a police detective, 
I can see where if she hadn't been an actress, if she'd gone into police work, she would be a capable, competent policewoman. Yeah. I'm sorry, was her name Lauren German? Yeah. I'm sorry, Lauren. I don't think you're a police officer. I think you're a Hollywood actress. Yeah, she had that Lois Lane thing going on. It's like, oh, he's not really the devil. Not to me, you know. Like, why isn't the show where it takes her an episode to be on board with him? With like, I there are so many different choices that yeah. the show could have made in regards to his partner. Yeah. For whatever reason, like probably Fox standards and practices, <laughs> you know. <laughs> She can't be a Satan worshiper or a goth police detective. They went with the cliche, safe, down-the-middle, single mom, you know, rather than somebody who would buy into him. Yeah. In 57 episodes, they're still... Well, nothing changes in 57 episodes. Doing some digging on, like, some of the episode guides, it's revealed that uh, her character was... uh, a product of immaculate conception. Oh God! That's why she's she's intrinsic. That's why she can't. Okay. That's why he can't like use okay. his charms on her to make her you know tell her her deepest desires and everything. It, so that's how they explain that. Uh, so yeah, keep in mind this is <laughs> I know based I know. on a comic book. It has comic book rules. It I mean it even has the vertigo symbol at the end. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. So it, it, I mean, maybe we'll see that Constantine. Maybe we'll see Lucifer pop up on the CW, uh, fighting with Constantine uh, with the the legends of tomorrow. No, probably not. And and then and then uh, Brandon Routh as the Adam will fight uh, Tom Welling as Kane, and <laughs> the battle of the Supermen. And then <laughs> and then Tyler Tyler what's his name from Supergirl. <laughs> come in and break it up. <laughs> we uh, okay. Take notes, Netflix. We have yeah. the ultimate crossover for you. Mark Guggenheim, Greg Berlanti, <laughs> make make it happen. <laughs> All right. So, your uh, final judgment on Lucifer? I was seriously considering keeping up with it, but maybe not now. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think if it's now now that I know it's not really gonna get any better. Yeah, I know? I think what you could you could do what I did: watch the first couple episodes, watch the last couple episodes, and that's all you need to know. Well, I watched <laughs> like know? the last ten minutes of the last. Maybe I yeah. Maybe I just pick it up when it comes to Netflix. Yeah, there you go. So maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah, see where it okay. goes because it looks like the very last episode does something like sideways. Like, because there is... Yeah, I already said. She sees him... She sees his devil form. Yeah. But then, like, his mom shows back up. Yeah, the the mother of the devil is... You know, because he keeps calling God his father. So in the show, remember, comic book universe, God has an estranged wife, (laughs) and she was causing trouble for them on the show. So Lucifer convinced her to start her own universe... Oh my God! I just so, realized. So she kidnaps him and takes him to that universe in that last episode. So that might be interesting. I hadn't even thought about it until you started talking about it in those terms. I wanted this show to be more like Preacher. Yeah, where it revels in its weirdness and supernatural stuff. Yeah, that's what I. Okay, there it is. There it is. That's what was missing. Yes, it doesn't revel in it. it it's it's sort of like the gimmick. It's TV, that gets it. it's TV safe. Yeah. 
Yeah. I got to catch up on Preacher. Yeah, the third season started. Third season started. I got two episodes I need to watch. Yeah, I did. I did start watching because I I left off at like the second season. So oh, I'm watching that up. So I'm, yeah, I'm in the part where he's in like they're in hell and he's making friends with Hitler. <laughs> and yeah, so it's again comic book movie or comic book TV show I should say, but you know fun nonetheless. So unlike certain other long running comic book TV shows that started spinning their wheels and what do you talk about arrow I'm talking about <laughs> the walking dead oh yeah that one i, I gave, gave i gave up the walking dead in season six and oh i gave up like season three so i a long i time still ago. <laughs> i i still read what's happening on it and you know that's good enough it's gets it done faster it doesn't drag to bring it all back walking dead featuring shiotel jayafor's love actually seen partner Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> it's a Moebius strip of conversation. Yes. We bring it all back around. Yes. So, all right. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do we need final judgments of Lucifer? <laughs> or, was, or, or did we? His did we final cover judgment it? has already been pronounced, yeah. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it it's okay. And if you like, yeah. if you like the the a lot of people like it, you know, yeah. I, I it was it's fine. Yeah, when when it comes when it switches from Hulu to Netflix, maybe you know, yeah, watch you know look at the episode I'll, guides and pick up a, a show here or there where it, you know delves into the mythology. But as a procedural, it's yeah, yeah we've we've seen enough of those where we don't need anymore. I th- yeah. I think I think the procedural is on its way out as a. A, a, a dramatic art form on late it's night. It's had a good um, run. On, yeah. On primetime, you mean. On primetime, It's yeah. had a good run. Yeah. Decades of CSI, decades of Law & Order. Yeah. Almost a decade of Castle. Yeah. I'm done. A, a decade and a half of NCIS. NYPD Blue. So, uh, what are we doing for next time? Uh, next time, we are doing the actual documentary of Mr. Rogers' life, uh, Fred Rogers, Reverend Fred Rogers, uh, called Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yes. Uh, we both uh, saw that just the other day in preparation. And uh, and then in TV Corner, since it's kind of a theme, we're, we're going to call the, the show the Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood the yeah. TV Corner. So it's really going to be, you know, the whole episode. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, you know, I actually... Um, they have a ton of those Mr. Rogers Neighborhood yeah. on Amazon. Yes, they do. On Amazon Prime. So Not every have, episode, but it, plenty. Oh, yeah, enough. I mean, he had, they're not going to have all, what, 1,753 episodes on there? <laughs> I, <laughs> but, I'll talk about this more uh, in, in the actual episode, but they don't have the Hulk episodes that made me oh. love the Incredible Hulk TV show <laughs> and character in general when I was a kid. Yeah, but they do, man, they do have a ton of them yeah. on there. So, uh, yeah, so give those a look. And if you could get to the theater, maybe by the time we uh, release that episode, it will have come out nope. on September. So it'll, yeah. it'll keep. If you if yeah. you don't make it to the theater, if you have to wait till September to see it, it'll, it'll keep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting movie, so I hope you get, can uh, get out to your theater and see it. So until that time, this is Robert saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out. 